Gadgets for Families, episode 12, the tech podcast for those that can that absolutely love their tech and then absolutely hate the exact same gadget in the hands of certain clients, shall we name them, because we won't name names. I'm your host, Greg Cunningham. And I'm your host, Jay Benjamin. Thank you for joining us today for episode 12, and I will name names. My middle son, I always complain, like, what are you doing? Are you eating these chargers or what? Because whenever he borrows one of mine or my, my wife's chargers, we never get them back. <laughs> so I'm going to yeah, name it's names. Kind of a, it's kind of a love-hate thing, right? I mean, we love the best and the most advanced and all that kind of stuff. But when I thought about replacing my mom's phone two or three years ago, I was like, oh, yeah, no, you need the basic. You need to. You need whatever will be the easiest for me to support. Please don't get anything complicated. Yeah, yeah, same here. And and I have to make that decision a lot. Do I want to end up supporting this thing for months and months while they get up to speed, or do I want to get them off of the ground working as soon as possible? And I think that's part of my problem with Android. If I think about supporting other people using it, is just. Well, I'm not as comfortable with it as I am iOS, but um, it's just there's so much more there and there's so many things they can do to get themselves in trouble that anyway. So good hardware. I'm just not as fond of the open, um, you know, the open operating system. All right. So episode 12, I thought it's funny. 12 was my favorite number in high school. Still seems to be. I kind of navigate to that for whatever reason. I don't know. Jason, what's your favorite number? Yeah, so um, the same. Back when, when I was in high school, we had a trick play that was uh, usually, usually a pretty good play. Whenever we wanted to send the, send the other team home with the, uh, with the L, we had an uh, old highway by our school. It was Old Highway 90. And so the play was like 90, 90, 90. The quarterback would yell, and uh, uh, we would do the play, and usually it would send them home packing. So <laughs> send them down Highway 90. It was... It was uh, it was a it was a good play and and it just kind of stuck with me. So even when I use like simple passcodes and stuff like that, that's what uh, I would usually use. But you know, and uh, over the years things got a little more complicated, so I had to use a little little more complicated uh, uh password or passcode. But yeah, ninety was always my favorite. Well, for today, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about how we probably should have started with the deep dive into the settings app, since that kind of forms the core. When we talk about operating systems, settings is where it's at. I mean, that's how you administer the operating system for the most part, especially on these mobile devices. And so today we'll at least get started with it. There's no way we're going to get to it all, even with multiple episodes, but we're going to start by covering those that we think are most important. And it almost goes down the order that Apple has set them in the settings app. So stick around for that. In the post show, uh, we're going to let Jason dive deeper into Wi-Fi stuff. And um, then if there's still some time, I'll share my experience from this last week recording a couple of podcasts and doing some other work from the campground. And so I hope you'll stick around for that for the, for the post show as well. Now, before we dive in, just a reminder to follow, like, share, um, do all of those things with the podcast. We really appreciate it. We want to make sure that it's getting out to those people that can use this, that can um, get more out of their tech through some of these things that we're sharing. So we've got probably a couple more episodes that'll be on how to do certain things. And then 
we're going to hit new Apple hardware season, which means we'll probably be talking about the new hardware, and then we'll start diving into the new features of iOS 17, so how to use those. Now, also want to make you aware of a slight change in programming. First, we apologize for not dropping an episode last week, and normally we like to announce that beforehand, but we just couldn't make it happen with everything that's going on. And then second, tomorrow you should see a bonus episode drop in the podcast feed. Um, as you know, Jason and I, we're trying to help you get more out of your life through tech. And that concept of getting more out of life is super important. So in the bonus episode, I'll be sharing some info and stories on one of the things that I do regularly that helps me get more out of life. And yep, you guessed it, it's all about camping. So it ties into my other podcast, Leaders Lift. So the episode actually will be available in both, uh, both of those feeds. So, so check that out. That'll drop tomorrow. If you like it, please let me know because um, I'd be happy to do some more bonus episodes like that. Not every week, but you know, every once in a while. But uh, I would love to have feedback and know, know how it goes. And this one's a little more philosophical and about why I camp. And there's a little bit of how I camp. But um, if you like that kind of stuff, then I'd be happy to get into it in more detail. Jason, you haven't heard it yet because you won't have access to it till tomorrow. So, yeah, yeah, I can't wait to hear it. And you know, episodes like that would be a good change of pace, add some variety to the show. So, definitely, guys, let us know what you think of that. So, Jason, we were talking before we hit record. You had a really busy week, and that was one of the reasons that we didn't record. But how did how did that yeah. week go? Yeah, it was it was a rough week. Um, uh, you know, numbers wise, but you know, it's, it's, it's something that we're, you know, we're, we're used to, we're used to busy weeks, especially some of the bigger festivals and stuff like that. We have to squeeze those in with our regular schedule because we have some semi-permanent locations and stuff that we visit weekly, but, um, yeah, it was busy. Then we're trying to roll out the, uh, this new division event service division that we're, uh, that we're excited about. So we're going to be, um, so we've, we've, we still do a lot of parties and, and corporate events and, <clears throat> and things like that. So um, we, we've done candy tables for weddings and, and birthday parties and stuff in the past. But now we're going to be able to offer all of this in just one package, right? You just pay the one price, one package, and you get everything that you need for your candy table or, you know, balloons and uh, stuff like that. So uh, and that's going to coincide with one of the. Um, Vendors here that we partner with, one of the local stores that we partner with, they're opening a brand new location. Uh, it's on the north side of Houston. It's a really, really big location, uh, 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 bigger than the one that, that we previously uh, uh, partnered with them on. And uh, so their grand opening is going to be uh, it's going to coincide with our announcement. So so really big uh, news coming in the uh, in the next few weeks on that. And. Um, yeah, it's been it's been pretty good. I, I've. Uh, um, I complain that it's been really busy, um, but it, it's all for a good, you know, it's all for a good, good reason. So it's going to, it's going to, I think, give our business a really good boost. So I look forward to it. That sounds exciting. I was, uh, yeah. I, I'm excited for it. Jason sent me pictures of all of the Sour Patch Kids that he's using yeah. as part of his display. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, do not let my grandkids see that because that's one of their favorite candies. So. 
Yeah, yeah. People people love that that sour tanginess to their to their candies nowadays. So it's a it's a popular yep. flavor. <laughs> yeah. And we my wife and I were talking about this. It's amazing how weddings have gone from being these formal affairs, at least, you know, around here where when you went to a wedding reception, you sat down at a table and a little girl in a pretty dress brought you a plastic plate that was imitation crystal, right? And it had yeah, your little cup of peanuts right. and mints and a piece <laughs> of cake or something like that on it. And now they've gone all casual with, like you said, you know, candy bar. And uh, we went to a wedding yeah. in Houston, actually, when we were there for a family member. And they had that and they had those little, they're like the cartons that your takeout Chinese food comes in. And uh, yes. you just went and put a bunch of that in the carton. And I was like, oh, yeah, sign me up for that. <laughs> Brought it back to the table and just snacked the whole time. Yeah. Exactly. So, it, so it is. Jason, it is, if uh, folks want to find a real out. Casual kind of. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I know. By the way, folks, I'm recording in a campground with iffy internet. So, Jason and I are probably going to talk over the top of each other quite a bit here because I'm sure there's some lag. But, um, Jason, if folks are interested in your quote unquote side business, because, you know, the podcast is the thing, right? Where can they find out more yes. information? So the best way to find out and, and all of the announcements and stuff will be coming soon is to just follow the company on, on uh, Instagram or Facebook and it's pop life popping co. So it's pop life popping company, but CEO at the end of those, uh, those, uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook handles and, uh, just give us a follow and you guys will be able to be up on the locations that we, we visit every week. Uh, any big events we have coming up when we announce new flavors, uh, and when we announce new services, like we're going to be announcing soon, um, you'll be in the know on that. So follow us again, Instagram, Facebook, Pop Life, Pop and Co. And uh, TikTok as well. Ooh, you moved into the TikTok world, huh? Yeah, yeah. And we, th we thought about letting my son handle it, but, you know, he's, uh, he's 12. So uh, some of the stuff he wants to do, we always veto it and say, no, we're not going to do that. We got to. <laughs> we gotta stay professional so but yeah we do have a few videos up so yeah check us out on those guys great so uh story time i had an interaction with apple support yesterday jason so what happened with that wait which device was so, it which, tell me it wasn't right, your yeah. ipad mini no 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 so okay, my good. uh beats <laughs> my beats fit pro you know if you we're a football player or a wrestler in high school. You understand what cauliflower ear is. So I've got yeah. one ear that's got hardened cartilage and stuff inside of it. So nothing really fits well. And those Beats Fit Pro have that little ear tip kind of thing that goes up and supposed to hook in the top of your ear to help them stay in when you work out. Well, because of the way my ears are, it puts a lot of pressure on that. And so it started to tear the little plasticky rubbery stuff that holds that tip mm. on and started to tear it away from the from the actual earbud itself. Wow. So, okay. you know, I noticed that two or three weeks ago and I haven't really used them since because I didn't want to make it worse, but I wanted to get that replaced. And I do have Apple Care Plus. I get that with all my headphones. It's just so cheap. And, but I also didn't have time during the day. And I have learned that you do not contact Apple support after hours. Or on the weekends. <laughs> it's nope, just... You, the total B team. Yes. Yeah. And this interaction totally reinforced that. So it was Monday, which is probably their busiest day, right? 
So I just, I used the support app, picked my device, said I had physical damage. It said, hey, do you want to make an appointment? And I'm like, no. And I hit the chat icon. And so it started an iMessage thread with them. And it actually went smoother than any interaction I've had with Apple support in probably the last two years. And I even told the yes. technician that. So, you know, I chimed on. They said, what's the problem? I said, this is what's going on. They said, can you send me a picture? Yep. Took a picture, sent it over to them. Um, they came back and said, yep, I can share with you your options. And I just went straight to, this should be covered by Apple Care Plus. I'd like to do the express replacement option. And they came back and said, okay. And a couple of minutes later, they came back and said, here's your service fee, which is 29 bucks. Super, super reasonable. And then we hold another, it was like 97 bucks or something like that, whatever it was, on the card, right, in case I don't return it, because that's the price of replacing that bud. And then I was done. I, you know, I authorized the payment using Apple Pay, of course. And then that was yesterday, and I got a notification first thing this morning from FedEx saying the replacement should be at my house tomorrow, which is perfect because I'll be home. And, yeah, then I'll swap them out i'll have to repair it that's the hardest part usually is mm -hmm. repairing a single bud in these things but uh i'll do that and then i'll stick the old one in the box probably tomorrow or thursday and send it back super simple so yeah yeah really easy. plus for this really interaction easy. yeah yeah it went really really well so i, so, I did have yeah. an experience with uh with apple using the um using the chat feature that we mentioned back when we talked about iMessage a few episodes ago. And uh, it was, I forgot to cancel the, uh, this is why I love Apple Arcade so much too, because we only get it for the summertime or when the kids are on like a break, a holiday break. Um, I forgot to, uh, to, to cancel the auto renew. It charged me. I just sent them a text message or, you know, started to chat and they took care of it over chat. It was like three minutes and, and I had my refund. So. Yeah, yeah, using that, n not calling Apple and just using those other tools. Yeah, it, it's, they, they make it pretty easy. Well, that messages feature is great because it's just like yeah. you're getting a text message. You don't have to yeah. keep a browser open, right? I mean, there's none of this, you lost connection. No, you don't, right? I mean, it just, so it was super simple and just pro tip is just do it Monday through Friday during core business hours. <laughs> don't <laughs> yeah, do it in the yeah. evening or on the weekend. So, yeah. cause every time I do that, I end up having to ask for somebody to call me back and then I usually get the higher level technician and then they're like, yeah, 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 no problem. And I'm done in five minutes, which could have avoided the whole callback piece. So. Yeah. So let me ask you this. If, if it's to the point where it's tearing the, um, uh, the, the little, the, the little grip part out of the earbud, <clears throat> that must be really uncomfortable for your ear. How painful is that? Uh, they're not too bad, um, but it's gotten worse. I've started to feel like they fit less, and I don't know if it's because they started to tear and I didn't notice it or what the deal is, but I've been using my AirPods Pro for the last three weeks almost exclusively, even when I work out. And when I ride my bike, I wear a gator because, you know, dust and bugs. Yeah, the wind and all here. of that. Yeah. Yeah. But and they've been working fine with the AirPods Pro, so I don't know. This may be one of those things where I'm getting it repaired just to turn around and sell it. So. Yeah, yeah. Pass them, pass them along to one of the kids or something like that. Well, no, they all have their own 
their own beats. Yeah, and stuff, Wyatt's but... got two pair of beats. Beats Buds, whatever version he's got. He actually has two pairs, and yeah. he has to have two pair because he uses them so much. He goes through both pair in a single day. So yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So, oh, I just had a hummingbird fly in and almost hit me in the face. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. So one of the things about recording outside. So, all right. So let's dive into some other stuff. So just so everybody knows, there are new betas out. I think I'm getting close, Jason to at least putting it on that old phone of my mom's. So, yeah. So I've been I've been purposely ignoring it. So just just because I mean, I know I should keep up with it because we talk about it on the show, but I I know as soon as I uh, you know, our guy uh, Brandon, the one you recommended on YouTube when he comes up in my feed, I'm kind of like, uh, I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> I just skip over the video <laughs> because I know I'm just going to be more and more tempted. But we're getting closer to the time where we said we we may be installing anyway, so let's uh um yeah let's give it a few more weeks and we'll we'll see. But what if what if yeah. you what if you got on that on that news? Nothing, just that they're out there. They continue to get a little better, more stable. Yeah. Um, I was listening to a podcast this morning and they were testing out the voicemail transcription feature. Seemed mm-hmm. to work super super straightforward and simple and. Apparently, contact posters, which I know you're super excited about, are working now. Yes. So, yeah, I think we're, I think we're getting close. This is like beta five, so I didn't definitely didn't want to do anything while I was up here this week because the last thing I needed was a phone not working. But uh, I think on that extra phone of my mom's, I think it's the next one. Six is probably going to go on. All right, I've got a couple of tiny tips here, and uh, this is from personal experience. So I had a family member that um, was expecting a call from a financial institution and didn't hear the phone ring, so they left her a voicemail, and she went in. And you know all the carriers do it now, right? You can go in and see the transcription of your voicemail. Well, just pro tip, those are not always 100% accurate. (laughs) (laughs) don't rely on it and um so the problem was it didn't transcribe the callback phone number correctly and so this family member called that number and it got her into a mess Uh, i mean she was smart enough not to compromise anything but at first it got her to a company that was trying to sell safety necklaces which by the way she already has and then it got to a company that was trying to sell something else and I was like, Grandma, what number did you call? And she gave me the number, and only the last two digits were wrong. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, you got to be careful with that kind of stuff. And, you know, I could see people making that mistake, and that's why I wanted to bring it up, not being critical of of my grandma for doing that, because, you know, you pull that up and you think, okay, it probably got it right. But they're not 100% accurate. So especially when it's something that's important, make sure that – you double check that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and and that's been my experience. You know, I've I've used uh, my Google Voice number for years, and um, yeah, I just learned not to rely on it. It is good when you want to see, you know, just briefly. Okay, what is what is just the gist of this call? You know, what what is the gist of this message? And usually, it's pretty good. It can pick up the words, especially if it's an automated call. Uh, we get calls from the school now. It usually it usually transcribes that part of the message pretty good, right? Because it's an computerized voice speaking to a computerized recorder but yes when it starts saying numbers and addresses and uh if it's someone with a heavy accent or something like that 
Yeah, it's always better just to still listen to the message, too, uh, instead of just relying on that. So, yeah, that's always been my experience with uh, with my Google Voice and, and transcribing on that. But, yeah, yeah, you're you're right. Good tip. Then my other tip is just another thing I had happen a couple weeks ago. I was having issues with continuity where my Mac, I couldn't copy and paste to or from my Mac. It wasn't syncing my text messages because I've got that turned on. We've talked about that in the past. And we're going to talk about this feature a little bit later today. But what I ended up having to do was sign out of my iCloud account, which is not cool, and mm -hmm. sign back in. Because then it's like it almost said, oh, yeah, your Mac's on this same iCloud account. But um, a couple of things that when you sign back in, if you ever have to sign out of your iCloud account, two things I want you to check for sure, especially on your Mac, and that you probably need to check <clears throat> excuse me, your other settings as well. But number one, you're going to have to re-add your Apple Pay cards. And mm -hmm. I found I had one website where I had saved the Apple Pay info from my Mac onto that website. And then the next time I went to make a payment, it was wrong because it's those one-time use kind of code things. So anyway, re-add your Apple cards. And then if you're like me and your Mac is the one place where you download the full resolution copies of all of your photos, you've got to go back in and turn that back on again. Um, so you've got to reset that setting and then check the other stuff. And the way I found that out is all of a sudden I had like, um, I can't even remember how many gigs, 100 gigs or 200 gigs or whatever it was, all of this sp space freed up on my Mac. And I'd been having problems with space on my Mac before, but I went and looked and I was like, what in the world is all of that? And it was because that setting was no longer checked. And so it had moved all of my original photos into some weird ready to purge state that Mac does to manage your uh, storage space. So when I went in and turned that back on, then it just moved those back in. So, you know, just that tip, if you have to sign out of iCloud on your Mac and sign back in, re-add those Apple Pay cards. If you want all your photos on your Mac, put those there. And then I'm guessing it's probably the same thing for your music library. I don't download all my music to my Mac, but um, I do on my phone, so I probably would have to go in and re-download all of that kind of stuff too because it seems to go along with your iCloud account. So hopefully you won't have that issue, but, you know, I did everything else and re-signing out and back into my iCloud account was a last resort. Yeah, yeah. I think if you have any custom settings outside of the default, right, because when you're signing back in, it, it almost just starts you from scratch. So everything is going to be on the default setting. So if you have any custom settings in, like, iMessage, because I know when I have to sign out, I have to always go and turn the default back to my iCloud address and not my phone number because I, I like to message from my from my iCloud account, not from my phone number. So any any uh, any custom settings that you made to your iCloud settings, uh, go ahead and, and check those because I believe everything goes back to the default settings. For uh, iMessage and, and uh, FaceTime, too, I, I like to FaceTime from my iCloud account, not from my phone number on my associated with my phone so all right well i think it's time for us to dive in so we're again we're talking about settings today and general operating system settings and again we'll use the iphone for the most part as our reference device but settings really is at the heart of your phone and there is so much in there now there are a few things that they probably need to break out into their own apps but there's so much in there that I mean, I have a hard time keeping up with it, and it's one of the things that scares me about if I decide to uh, go from scratch instead of restoring from a backup on a new phone this fall mm -hmm. is 
how many settings I'm going to have to go in and touch. So there's a ton. Yeah, yeah, right. And, and remembering all the things that you change, you know, remembering the things that you don't remember, basically. So there was a time when the, the settings were so simple to navigate, right? Everything was straightforward. It was listed in a category. Where it just made sense. But over the years, they've added so many new things and, and just rearranged things for no reason. Well, I say no reason. There was a reason to it, to rearrange some of these settings because they made sense to go in other categories. But, you know, it used to be, it used to be so simple, but now it, 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 it's actually a challenge to go in and find some settings that, that you need to, to adjust to, to get a certain task or, or whatever done. So, um, yeah, yeah, we should have started with this, but I think now is a better, you know, a, a, as good a time as any to go through the settings and, and uh, let's just talk about some of these things. All right, so I'm going to, I'll start this off. Jason and I are going to try and kind of go back and forth. But first of all, when you go into the settings, just kind of going down them in order, the first thing you're going to see is your iCloud stuff. Now, th these are probably the most important settings. A lot of them are important, but these settings, they're going to sync across all your devices, right? And this is about how the core of your account is set up. And so you can tap on your picture, your name that's right there, and then you've got all your information. You've got your Apple ID, which has got your name, your phone numbers, your email address. And you can go in and see and, and change any of those things that, that you may need to change. Um, so just make sure that those are set up the way that you want them. And then after that, you've got password and security. And for one of the important things in password and security is to make sure that your two-factor authentication is turned on. And you always want, at least for me, and I think a lot of people are like this too, because our phones are so much of our lives, we put our financial information in there. They're connected to a credit card. They're, they're what we use to get bank authentication codes and all of that kind of stuff. So you really don't want somebody stealing your Apple ID. No, so you want to no, have two-factor. No, right? And you want to have two-factor um, authentication turned on so that it's going to push a, a, a passcode to you anytime you sign in on a new device with your, with your Apple ID. And so, you know, just make sure that that's turned on. And if it's not, go ahead and go in and turn it on. Apple's done a really good job. A lot of their more advanced features now, especially their cloud services, are requiring this be turned on. So, you know, make sure that that's turned on. And then underneath that are trusted phone numbers. So these are the numbers that, um, you know, if you forget your password, they're going to use those phone numbers. And so for me, for example, I have mine and I have my wife's phone number down here listed as trusted phone numbers. And the same thing on her device. So you know, for some reason, I can't get to my phone, but I need to go in and reset my Apple ID password or something, then I can use her phone to do that. So that's one thing to do. And then basically, they're just going to push. You know, if you've got one of your own devices signed in, it's so like if I need to sign in, like, let's say I get a new phone in the fall, when I sign in, it's going to push a code, uh, it's going to push a message to my iPad and my current phone and say, you're your iCloud account is being used to sign in on a new device, allow or don't allow, you allow, then it says here's the code to type in, you type in the code, and then you're in and you're good to go. There's another uh, thing on here that I want to make sure that you do is that you set up um, rec account recovery 
So basically what this is, is if you really needed some help getting your your uh, account recovered, right? You lose access to it or get your data back or whatever the case may be, that you've got additional contacts that be, could be used to do that. And I've got my oldest son and my wife set up for that. And they actually in turn have me set up to be part of their account recovery. And so, you know, if for some reason I can't get to those trusted phone numbers or whatever the case may be, then I could, um, you know, Dustin could help me get back into my account. Luckily, I've never had to use that. So. And then the last thing just to share here is the concept of a legacy contact. And this is down on the bottom. Um, so this came up. Uh, luckily, I had my mom's password for her account. But if I hadn't had my mom's iCloud password, um, you want to be set up as a legacy contact so that you can get access to all of their stuffs. I think we've talked about this before. So um, if, if someone was to pass away. So I, again, I've got my wife and my son set up on that. And so anyway, those are, um, those are the password and security options. Jason, anything else you'd add in there? No, no, just how important it, that this stuff is, because like Rick said, the one thing you don't want to lose access to is, is your iCloud account. They'll have control over everything. I remember um, a, a big issue that happened a few years ago with some movie stars and, and uh, artists and stuff like that were um, there was a group going around getting access to all of their iCloud photos and all of their personal home information and stuff like that. And it all starts with this two-factor authentication and being able to recover your account. So. The best way to, you can protect yourself is to pay attention to that section. Password and security is very important. All right, then down below that, you've got payment and shipping. So this is where you can designate which credit card you have uh, should be your primary payment method and your shipping address and all that kind of stuff. And then the next one below that, that's where you can see and manage all of your subscriptions. So like Jason was talking about earlier that he forgot to cancel his Apple Arcade, Apple Arcade. So, but that's where, you, that's where you would go in and do it, is you would go into that subscriptions and you'll see all of your subscriptions. You'll see when they're coming up due. You can actually see your, um, you can actually see your expired ex subscriptions too and when they were last active and you can reactivate them from there. I just, my son just activated one of his streaming services that he has a subscription on and it's all you have to do is just go in and reactivate it, so. Really good to go in and check that subscriptions thing on occasion just to make sure that you haven't, you don't have something in there that you forgot about, right? Yeah, yeah, maybe something you're paying for that you, you hadn't realized that you had been paying for the last four months or five months. So, yeah, just good to check every now and then. Yeah. Yep. And then down below that in subscriptions, you also have the option to share your subscriptions with your family and to get receipts you know anytime you want to and then i also have um uh with verizon at least i've there's a link down there that says i can go in and manage my verizon plan benefits which i actually do have some subscriptions through like my disney plus bundle is through verizon oh so and you can manage it through there through the subscription tab yeah yep oh okay cool so Uses your phone number to go out and check, and I haven't ever done it, but yeah, it's in there too. Uh, and then the next section is iCloud. Now, there's a lot of going on here in this iCloud section. I don't want to go through it all, but at first at the top, you're going to see all of the storage that you have available, how much you're taking up versus how much 
your family's taken up and you can go in and you can manage your account storage there, upgrade the plan if you need to, all that kind of stuff. But then you've got apps using iCloud and there's just gonna be this big list of apps that are syncing data either between your devices or syncing them up to iCloud. And frankly, I have all of these turned on, right? By default, yeah. if I've got something on here, I want it moving between devices, especially the top stuff where it's photos, iCloud Drive, iCloud Mail, passwords and keychains, if you're keeping all your passwords in there, notes, messages, and health. So those are a lot of the default app stuff. And if you go into those, there's some more fine-tuned settings in there. But you know, by default, I keep all of this stuff on. But if you have things that you don't want to sync, let's say you've got a family iPad that's got your Apple ID on it or something like that, you could always go in and turn those specific apps off in the, in the iCloud settings. That's probably the only scenario where I would want to, to do that. So, And then probably the most important setting to make sure that all of your clients have turned on is iCloud Backup. The answer is yes, backup this iPhone, yes. Backup over cellular, most people have unlimited cellular plans, so you probably should turn that on too. Um, but then if you go down a little further, it'll say backup now, or it'll tell you when the last successful backup was. Now, for me, for example, my last successful backup was over a week ago because um, I've been up here and I haven't had Wi-Fi. So by default, if backup's turned on, when you're charging and it's on Wi-Fi overnight, it's going to do a backup. So I actually haven't had a backup for over a week now. Um, so if I wasn't recording and needing to use my internet, I would go ahead and hit, you know, backup now, and you can actually force a backup right then. And that's what you want to do before you start a new phone. Make sure the old one's completely backed up. And then also it's going to show you below there any devices that you have backups on. So it's got my iPad and my iPhone down there and how big the backup files are. Uh, and then I think that's about all I'm going to go through in here. There's some other stuff like iCloud Plus with private relay, which is some privacy, hide my email, custom email domains. Um, that's probably a, a more advanced topic that we won't go through here. Um, and then, you know, there are some more data settings that are down there. And then right at the very bottom, Jason mentioned this. I don't know, an episode or two ago where you can actually get to your iCloud data on the web. So you can go to iCloud.com, sign in and get to your photos and all that kind of stuff. If you didn't want to have access to that, you can toggle the switch at the very bottom here and turn that off. But I think it's on by and default then, and uh, it's a good, yeah. it's a good option to have, you know, just make sure you keep that password to yourself. Um, also too, just a quick PSA. Apple's never going to ask you for your username and password. So if you ever get a call saying or a text saying, hey, send me that code that came to your phone, um, you know, your two-factor authentication code, or send me your phone number, or if someone asks you that over the phone, you never have to share that. You never have to give them that information. So please don't share that. Yeah. Yep. And then now down below that, there's going to be a section on media and purchases. And this is where you can go in and turn things like sharing your purchases with other family members on and off. You can see your purchases, uh, all that kind of stuff. It's actually going to take you into your account settings itself where it's got your Apple ID and you can manage family sharing, your payment types, a bunch of those kinds of things. I'm not going to go through that today because there's a whole bunch of stuff in there because those are really more about your account settings. 
But the other one I want to make sure we talk about is the Find My. Now, Find My iPhone. So I there are very few people out there that probably um, shouldn't have this turned on, right? If you're a, a, a reporter in a high profile and somebody might be trying to track you down, okay, maybe. But for mm -hmm. most of our listeners and their clients, you want to have Find My iPhone on in case you leave it behind, in case somebody grabs it, you want to be able to find it. And um, so you want to make sure that Find My iPhone is turned on. Absolutely. And below that, there's a couple of other things. One is the Find My Network. Um, so this is if, uh, if the phone was offline or it's in power reserve mo mode or after power off, if Find My Network and Send Last Location are checked, then let's say I dropped it somewhere on a trail and the battery was low and it died. Well, if that's the case, if I have these turned on, I'm still going to be able to use another device to go back and find them. So I recommend having those turned on. Um, the more ways you can find your phone, the better. And then my location. So for example, for me on my location, I've got it set to this device and cellular Apple Watch. So what this is, is if you've got share my location turned on, so I've got it shared with my family and they can all go in to find my and see where I'm at. But um, if my phone is at home and I'm out on a bike ride or something with just my watch, I want them to know that I've got my watch. So I have this set for this device and cellular Apple Watches. So if you do have an Apple Watch that's cellular and you're going to go out without your phone, then you want to make sure that that's turned on and then folks could figure out where you are. And that's really good for my wife to know where I'm at on the trails or any of that kind of stuff. And then I think that's it for that one. And then the last one here is family sharing. And this is just, you can go in and see your family. And I think Jason, you're gonna to talk to us a little more about the family settings because there's a whole set of family iCloud settings here. There are, there are. And, and so we're not gonna cover much in, in this episode. So, um, but just let me say, if you don't have a family unit set up, you won't even see this setting under, your, under iCloud settings on the phone. It won't show up. Right. But for anyone who has a family set up with uh, multiple users or multiple devices, you'll see a section called family. So we did a whole episode about family and um, and uh, this was way back. Episode four. It was one of the earlier episodes. So we may sound a little <laughs> a little different back then. But, you know, we're 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 way in the future at episode 12 now. But, you know, I, I encourage you guys to just go back and check that episode out to get a. Um, more details on what family is for, but basically, um, it's it's just how you manage multiple devices in a in a household, right? Most people, um, you know, let's say a husband or a wife, two or three children, they each have an iPhone or some iPods or an iPhone and a MacBook or an Apple TV and things like that. So this is just how you manage your family of devices, and and uh, uh, again, it won't show up if you don't have it. But if it is there, um, there's a, a, a lot of different settings and stuff that you can, you can manage there. But again, go back and check out episode four of uh, G4F, and uh, you can get more information on that. So One thing I'd section, recommend that you do, oh, go ahead. if you go mm -hmm. into this, real quick, Jason, if you go into this section, there's actually, if you have family set up at all, there's, if you go into the settings for it, there's a family checklist. And under mine right now, it says I'm all set. But if I tap and go into that, then what it's going to do is it's going to say, 
are your emergency contacts set up? Is location sharing set up? Is sharing your iCloud Plus, you know, all of the storage and all that kind of stuff? And are your recovery contacts added? So there's just a checklist that you can go through there um, that would help you make sure your settings are set up the way you are. I didn't realize that was in there, but that's really nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That is, and that reminds me too. Another section that I I forgot to to add on the list was the uh, Apple the Apple ID suggestions. Now I believe if you don't have any suggestions, it won't show up. That that section will just be blank, or either it just won't have a um, you know a bubble on it letting you know any suggestions. But what it basically does is just ask you know things like, do you have uh, backup uh, turned on, automatic backup turned on, or just different settings that that um, Apple recommends. So, uh, do you know, Greg, if it if you don't have any suggestions, I believe the section still stays there. It just doesn't have a notification by it. So normally, it's your name, it's the family, and then the mm-hmm. next one below it is things like finish setting up your iPad or your yeah. iPhone yeah, or finish setting up you know this. any yeah. sort of an error message. So if there is anything, it's gone. I don't see it there, and I saw it. Okay there when i signed back in on icloud on my mac it popped up on my phone and my ipad because i had to re-sign into my icloud i just had to re-authenticate it didn't sign me out on my other devices but i had to re-authenticate right. and that was the message that was on there okay and so it's appearing on mine so that that's why i'm saying it i have two notifications there it wants me to to uh oh my icloud storage is like at 10 percent. i have 10 percent m- remaining and uh, automatic backup so i got those two notifications so it shows up there so if you're wondering what that section is, it's just uh, recommendations that, uh, suggestions that you should do to make your, your iCloud, uh, your account more, more efficient, I would say. So the next section, um, down from that, it's going to be, it, it, it's mostly your wireless communications, right? So there's airplane mode, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, cellular. And for me, personal hotspot. And again, that's another section that won't show up for everyone. But uh, personal hotspot is is at the bottom of that section. So, and and again, basically, it's just all of the wireless radios, the wireless communications on on the phone, right? Airplane mode, you switch that on, it basically turns off all of the wireless radios on the phone to, you know, when you're traveling either on a plane. It's just called airplane mode in general, but now it's used for all kinds of traveling, right? If you want to just turn those radios off really quick, switch on airplane mode it turns off the wi-fi bluetooth uh i believe like the nfc chip it turns off all of that um uh, just quickly with one switch now one of the cool things on that jason that i think it still does that i haven't had to use it for a while but let's say you turn on airplane mode for the first time and then you go no but i still want bluetooth because you've got headphones if you turn bluetooth back on the next time you switch airplane mode on, it remembers that. Yes, and it'll it'll allow you to still keep your 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 keyboard. Like if you're, you you want to, you know, use your keyboard on the plane, or like Greg said, your earbuds or something like that. Yes, uh, Bluetooth will stay on. It'll just turn off the cellular and and Wi-Fi radios. So yeah, that that is that is a a pretty cool little tip that it it remembers things like that. So you won't lose uh, connection to your watch or any other fitness trackers or, or something like that while you're, while you're switching on, on uh, airplane mode. So let's talk about Wi-Fi real quick. So some of these settings, um, 
it, it's it's pretty straightforward, right? You you most people now know how to connect to a wireless network or whatever, but they don't really know the the different settings or, or things that they can control from the Wi-Fi settings, right? They usually just they're at a, a friend's house or or a party or something, and like, hey, what's the Wi-Fi password? They type in a Wi-Fi password, and they're pretty much done with it. But you know, for those of you that that um, that want to know more, let's go down the uh, the list and just talk about Wi-Fi settings real quick. So when you tap on Wi-Fi, of course, at the top of the list, you'll see the toggle to turn it on and off, right? This is how you switch on and off that Wi-Fi radio. So quick tip, if you're not going to be using Wi-Fi or if you don't plan to uh, connect to a network or something, you're just out, then it's always a good idea to just turn off that Wi-Fi radio because it is really draining your battery. It's one of the biggest drains on the phone, right? It's, it's having these, uh, these, these uh, wireless radios on. and if you're, let's say you're going to be out all day or you're traveling or something like that, then just switch off Wi-Fi. Just use cellular data or Bluetooth, or even if you don't need Bluetooth, turn that off too. But turning the Wi-Fi radio off gives you a boost to your battery. And that, that's always been something that, that Greg and I have used for, you know, for many years. Now, the battery life has improved a lot to where you don't have to, you know, remember to turn that off. But even if you turn it off, you, you'll get a pretty good boost to it. So Right at the top of that list, you'll see on and off. Um, green is on. If it's gray, it's off. That next section is going to be my network, uh, my networks uh, uh, section. This is all, uh, a list of all of the available networks that you've connected to in the past. So if you're at your mother-in-law's house or your friend's house or at your job and you've connected to those networks before, once they come in range, they'll appear in this section, the My Network section, because you've already connected to them. So the next, the next section would be Other Networks. Now, this is a list of networks that are in range. Your phone sees them, but um, you hadn't connected to them before. And there are several different network types that, that you'll see on this list, but um, tapping on these networks is going to ask you uh, you, you know, the, uh, it's gonna, it's gonna require different things, right? So if it's a public network, it'll show up and it won't have that little lock next to it, right? It's a little lock symbol to let you know if that network is secure, whether or not you're going to have to authenticate with that network or put in a password or passcode. So if you tap on it, usually it won't ask you anything. It'll just connect you to the network. If it's a network like, let's say, at a store or, or a restaurant or something, they may have that captive portal where they want you to put in like your email address or a phone number so you can get on like their mailing list to be able to use their free Wi-Fi. But um, not all networks have that. Sometimes you just tap on a network. It just connects you to it. So and uh, we'll give our public service announcement about connected to public networks here in, in a bit. but. It's 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 really something you should be careful with. So the next uh, type of network that you can that'll show up on this list are private networks, and these usually are a little bit more secure. They have the little lock symbol by it, and once you tap on it, it'll ask you for a password or or a passkey. So this is either something that you know again, if it's your friend's network or you know you're at a family member's house, this is something you can get from them. Um, if it's like a hotel or, or, you know, you're traveling, 
they usually write the Wi-Fi pass key on like the back of your access card or your key card or something like that. Or this may be something you have to call like customer service to get. But what this is, is just um, just a security uh, a, a password just to join the network. Now, these are a little more secure, but they are public networks, right? Meaning these are networks that you don't personally manage or know someone in, in your company or your job that's personally managing this network. So again, you still should have a level of caution, you know, using these private networks when you're out in the public, right? So, Jason, how often do you connect to something like that? Like, so it, I, I know I don't, right? If I'm in a hotel, yeah. there's just no way. I mean, I, I'm just not because every single person in the hotel is trying to connect into that, unless I'm using a VPN, which is a whole other topic. Yes. I just. Yes, I just don't. I'd rather use my cellular data. So, and, and you're right. So there, there are um, instances where I'm out and my cellular data is just not strong enough to move a file or something like that. So depending on the task that I have to do, I'll, I'll connect to the public network. Um, usually when I'm in store, let's say, and I always use Home Depot for an example because they have the, 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 the free Wi-Fi and stuff like that. There, there's something with their back end that works good with their app, right? So when you're in the store, it'll actually, sh you know, show you where a product is. Now it'll list on there where the product is, the section and the, um, the aisle and the section and stuff like that. But things with like their inventory and stuff like that is usually a, a bit more accurate when you connect to the Home Depot uh, Wi-Fi. So, uh, so depending on the task, I'm just looking for you know, uh, a quick little part or something like that, then I'll jump on Home Depot's network and, and uh, check their inventory and, and uh, whether or not it's in stock or where it's located at. So definitely no banking stuff, no personal iCloud stuff. Um, I will send iMessages. Uh, uh, you know, I'll send some, because those are pretty secure in the end anyway. So I'll send iMessages. I don't FaceTime and stuff like that or make, make uh, FaceTime calls. But yeah, I, I pretty much limited it limit my uh, Wi-Fi use to uh, networks that I'm familiar with, it's especially if you're going to be opening like your banking app and logging into your email and things like that. Cause you know, it makes you vulnerable to that man in the middle uh, attack. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's not safe. And people are, uh, people's full-time jobs are to steal your information. So just, just treat it as if someone's always out to get you and you should be okay. <laughs> So the last network type that I have here are hidden networks. So these are networks that you won't see on the list, but trust me, they're there. So they're, uh, the only way to connect to these type of, uh, type of networks is if you know the exact SSID, that's the network name and the password, because you won't see it on the list, it won't pop up. But the way to connect to that is at the bottom of those available networks, you'll see other. Tap on other, and that's where you will be able to put in this information. So you, you may be wondering, well, why would anyone do this? And again, it's just an added layer of security, right? If you don't know the network's there, you don't have to worry about strange devices uh, connecting to the network to try to gain access to other people's devices or to your personal network and things like that. And uh, this may be a little bit more advanced for the, uh, for the general section, but you can actually do this at home with your home network. So you don't have to have your your network broadcast to all of your neighbors and stuff like that. You can actually turn off to where it won't broadcast that SSID, but you and your family will still be able to connect to it. So um, maybe I'll use that in a, in a 
and one of our tiny tips coming up on a on a future episode but it is it is a really good added layer of security if you don't want a bunch of your neighbors trying to gain access to your network or whatever you know the password is one thing but them not seeing it all is a whole nother level so um but yes that's how you can connect to those networks that aren't there all right so finally at the bottom you'll see two important settings now these control how your phone behaves when it's in range of some of these these uh, networks, right? So the first one is um, it's acts to join uh, it, it, whether you want to be notified if the a network is in range, right? So if it's off, it won't prompt you to join any networks at all, right? You'll have to go to settings, Wi-Fi, and you'll have to actually tap on the network and join it. If ask is on, It'll ask you if you want to connect to a certain network, right? You'll get a little pop-up saying, this network is in range. Would you like to connect to it? And uh, if notify is selected, then it'll actually pop up a little brief little window with the certain networks, you know, the uh, available networks in range. And um, you can connect to those. You can select which one you want to collect, uh, connect to. And of course, it'll still ask you for the passcode if, if uh, one is necessary or if it's a public one, you know, you tap on it, it'll just go to connect. But this is just how your phone behaves when whenever you're in range. So that last one is about um, the personal hotspot. So just like a Wi-Fi network, this is someone's personal uh, personal device, whether it be a MiFi or someone's phone or, or um, you know, one of those those mobile uh, uh, MiFi devices. Um, so it's basically the same. If never join is on, it'll never uh, automatically join. You'll have to actually manually go in, go in and, and connect to this, uh, this hotspot. If ask a join is on, it'll, of course, ask you if you want to join. And if automatically is on, it'll automatically connect you to, to, um, to any hotspot that's, that's in range that you've connected to before, of course. And uh, again, another PSA, never join someone's personal hotspot that you're not familiar with. You, you'll see them. I see them all the time when I'm out, when we're at an event or something. Everyone's walking around with their my, my their MiFi on or their their personal hotspot on. Never connect to it if you're not familiar with it. it. When connecting to it, you give them all sorts of access to information you don't want them to have. So it's always a good idea to just if you're with someone at the table or something, and you're like, "Hey, I want to, I, I need to join your MiFi or something," then then just join it that way. Never just join one because you need uh, access to internet really quick, and uh, it's it's just not safe. So, so that's Wi-Fi, and Bluetooth is so similar to Wi-Fi, but uh, instead of available networks, what you'll see is uh, Bluetooth devices, right? So, keyboards, uh, speakers. Um, uh, any Bluetooth device, you know, earbuds, things like that, cars, um, uh, you know, cars that have, um, you know, Bluetooth enabled, uh, uh, you know, uh, music, uh, audio systems installed. So at the top, of course, you'll see on and off. That's going to turn on and off the, 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 uh, the Bluetooth radio. The next section is going to be my devices, just like. The uh, the my networks in uh, Wi-Fi, my devices, these are all going to be devices that you connected to in the past. Right. You may not have an active connection to them right at that moment, but you connected to it again. It can be an old keyboard. It can be <clears throat> multiple speakers that you connected to. I have to go through and delete 
a lot of old Bluetooth speakers that I connected to. Or, you know, if I was at a party or something, I connected to my my uh, brother-in-law's speaker. Uh, I don't need to constantly have that on the list, so I'll just go ahead and remove it. Other devices is where you'll see devices that are in range that are available to connect to. So um, if that device is in pair mode or or you're preparing to connect to it, uh, it'll pop up on that on that uh, in that section of other devices. Now, it may require you to do a little extra to connect to that device, um, whether you have to type in like a, a keyboard. I keep using that example, but a keyboard, a Bluetooth keyboard, you go to connect to it. It'll say type four, five, six, seven on the keyboard and you'll type that or, you know, type A, B, C, D, E, F, G or something like that. And that's how you complete the connection. Uh, in cars, you know, you have to actually type in that that password in cars if you're going to connect to that audio system in uh, the and you know the rental car or something like that if you hadn't done that that connection so um so you know depending on the device you may have some extra actions and then once you connect to it it moves up to the to the my devices section and you'll always be able to toggle on and off that you know connect and disconnect to that device whenever you want so Greg this section it, it's similar to where I moved the um it's that extra information uh, a section. So, if you want, we can move this over to the deep dive. No, I want to. I want to talk about this just a little bit because if you've got okay, AirPods cool. and AirPods or AirPods Pro or something like that, and my wife and I were joking around about how when AirPods first came out, that everybody said they were ugly and nobody wanted the little stems <laughs> yep. hanging down, and now everywhere you go, people are using some form of that. So, if you've got those kinds of devices. When you're connected to them, there's a little blue eye to the right of them. And what that will do, if you tap on that, that's going to allow you to go in and get all of the information about, like, your AirPods, let's say. So you'll be able to get the serial number and the software version, but also any settings, like changing the audio settings that you can do, like, for transparency and how you control the press of the buttons and all of that kind of stuff. So don't neglect that little eye if you've got other Apple devices. Now, when if they're not connected, all you're going to see is like the general information, the serial number, the model, blah, 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 blah. But um, if they are connected, then like I said, you're going to get all of those other settings. So we don't need to go deep dive into that. But if you're wondering how to change the play, pause, press, or double press, or you know any of those kinds of things, that's how you do it. Connect them to your phone, go into Bluetooth, tap on the eye next to them, and that'll give you all the settings that you need. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good section. And and um, again, in the deep dive, we're going to talk about that with with Wi-Fi, where you can really get some some pretty advanced uh, controls with uh, with uh, just tapping that little eye next to the network name. So um, yeah, it's a it's a pretty important feature. So next we have is the. Uh, the cellular section, right? The cellular settings. And this is a little bit more complicated than Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, right? Because this, this actually controls really the main function of having, a, having an iPhone <laughs> is, uh, uh, is the cellular data, cellular connection. So the good thing about this is everything is set by default. It's set to work perfectly, like out of the box, right? You don't have to make any changes to your, to your cellular 
uh, to your cellular settings to get the phone to work and, and work fine, right? But for those who like a little more tweaking, you know, to their options and stuff, there's a few settings that we're going to go through. So, of course, starting right at the top, you see the, the on-off switch to toggle on and off cellular data, right? Turning this off doesn't stop you from getting phone calls, but it basically turns off the Wi-Fi radio, you know, for the cellular data. Now, it's a cellular radio, but uh, you pretty much turn off the, the data coming to the phone, right? So cellular options is where you can go and to turn on things like roaming, whether you want to just have uh, the, the data turned on or, you know, or, or just your, your cellular data, I mean, your, your cellular uh, service. Um, you can turn that off and on. You can turn on whether you wanted to use the uh, 5G. And I'm not sure if it's like this for everyone's phone. So um, I, I don't believe if your service doesn't allow 5G or doesn't have 5G, you probably won't even see the 5G option there. But you have to where you can just use 5G service exclusively. You can just use it for like data intense uh, tasks like uh, just to save battery life. If you want to just use 5G for when you're transferring big files or photos or pictures or something like that, and then use a slower network to um, to do background syncing and things like that. So you can adjust that setting there. Jason, um, is it fair to say mm -hmm. that for most people, you're probably not going to want to touch these settings because you're likely to dig yourself into a hole that you have to get out of versus just leaving I think so. I th I think so. And, and just like I said, out of the box, all of these settings are the optimal settings. They're the best default settings that you can use, um, especially if you're going to be traveling and stuff like that. Um, turning on some of these settings may cost you money, right, Craig? You remember how many times, how many hours I spent on the phone with the carriers apologizing because, hey, this person didn't know they were traveling and they came back with a $400, $500 bill. Could we please do something else because they, they weren't using their phone? We gave them other options. We gave them a MiFi. And, and uh, so, yeah, these, these uh, roaming options uh, are off by default. So definitely leave them off, especially if you don't plan on traveling and, and incurring these extra costs, right? So, yeah, a lot of these settings, I would, I would imagine that you, you would just have to leave the default. Personal hotspot is one that maybe some people would use. But outside of that, um, uh, selecting the network, like the network selection section, Wi-Fi calling, uh, calls on nearby devices. These are all pretty advanced settings. Uh, uh, carrier services, again, they're all on by default or off by default, depending on if you already pay for this service with your, with your, uh, with your carrier. Right. SIM pin, um, older devices may use it. The average person won't use a SIM pin. Uh, that's something that's used for folks to travel. If you don't want to get your your device stolen and they rip out your SIM card and put it in another device and, and run up your phone bill or, or charges on your phone plan or something like that, a SIM pin is just not... So, oh, and access to your, your contacts, but all contacts are stored in iCloud now. There used to be a time back in the day with uh, Blackberries and other devices where your contacts were stored on the SIM. Um, I don't believe we see much of that no more. Right, Greg, with and with eSIM, yeah, that that's definitely not not even an option. So, um, yeah, I think the, the biggest e thing here is, I think the biggest thing here is to make sure your carrier is turned on on your phone, 
right? Because you could, in theory, turn the carrier off. So like mine's Verizon, so it says turn on this line. You want to make sure that's turned on. I do have Wi-Fi calling on because when I'm at home in particular, my Wi-Fi is much better than my cellular signal. So I have that turned on, so calls come through the Wi-Fi network rather than the cellular signal. But um, that can cause issues in some places. And then I talked about this from a continuity standpoint, I think last episode, but calls on other devices, I want my iPad or my Mac to pick up phone calls, right, from okay. from my phone if it's there because sometimes I don't have my phone. And so that's that's what that one is. So I have that turned on when nearby. And then if you go into that, you can say which devices do you want the calls to be received on. So. But those three, I think you just want to make sure it's turned on and then decide what you want to do with those other two. But like you were saying, this other stuff, you just get get way more. Um, you're likely to get yourself in trouble versus do anything good. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. So, but the last section is an important section that I, I really wanted to cover, right? And this this is for people that have limited data. You know, Greg mentioned earlier that, that most people have unlimited, like me, me and my son, we're, we're on an unlimited plan now, but our previous plan wasn't, you know, we both had 15 gigabytes and we both struggled with managing how much data that we use. Now it was 15 gigabytes and then it slowed down to almost unusable, <laughs> which was a, uh, which was a hassle. But, um, this cellular data section at the bottom, what it does is it tells you how much data you're using, right? The um the current period shows you how much you've used since your last uh and you can reset that in the uh um uh, uh in in the section but um when your when your billing period starts or your data period starts uh starts at zero and you can periodically check to see how much data you're using um it has the same thing with Roman I actually if you're think a Jason I think I think you have to manually go in and reset it because yes you have um, to manually yes you do. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, because like I'm looking at mine. That. No, the I looked at mine. The last time I reset mine was October 25th of 2020, <laughs> and uh, that's probably when I. How much data have you used? Set up this phone, and uh, yes. So I have used cellular data. Thank goodness I'm on a unlimited plan. I have used 419 gigabytes. <laughs> that's over wow. almost four years. At this point, right? But, but yeah, I mean, remember when we used to have people manage this, right? We used to say, you have got to go in at the first of your billing period, and this is when it is, and you've got to go hit that button at the bottom and reset it. So, yeah, I agree with you. This one is super important if you're not on an unlimited data plan, or if you want to know when you're about to hit that absolute stop, which is when they throttle back your data because it really isn't usable. Yes, yes. So the best part about this is that you can actually scroll down this list and you can toggle on and off the apps that you want to use data, right? There are certain apps that I don't want to use data, right? And, and a lot of apps, when you go into the settings, they say, you know, they'll say something like Wi-Fi only or use over cellular data and you can toggle it on and off at the, you know, in the app itself. But here's how you can do it at a system level and you can actually control which apps communicate. So you know, for me, things like my email messaging, uh, my communication stuff I want on, but things like YouTube and um, uh, Instagram videos and stuff like that, I, I don't want it to use cellular data because 
you know, in, uh, the chat with my brothers or, or even with you, you know, you'll send me the link to something. And uh, it's just, it, you know, just second nature for me to just tap on the link and enjoy the video. But when I'm out, it'll eat through that 15 gigabytes of data really quick. Right. I'm just constantly clicking on links and looking at Instagram or, or you know, things on Twitter and, and videos on YouTube. And the next thing I know at the end of the week, I've got a notification. So uh, just to keep me from forgetting, I actually have those turned off. So you can go through this list and select which apps you want to use uh, cellular data and which apps you don't. So you can get the most important stuff. And again, this is for people who have a limited a set of data right most people have unlimited data you know and like i say me and my son we're on unlimited now but this is a big deal for some folks still you know those those uh those set gigabyte plans are some of the most reasonable most cost effective plans that are out there and um you know those price tags are pretty attractive even even to me i, I still want you know the the, the cheapest phone bill possible right because i only want data I, I don't i don't need texting i don't need um, you know, cellular service. I don't need roaming and, and hotspot and things like that. I only want the data. And sometimes it just makes sense for me to just go with 15 gigabytes versus unlimited. So yeah. So yeah, cellular data, grandma, this, is, this is a good My mom section. and my grandma were on plans like this, you know, where they had a limit. And the other scenario where I can think of you may want to use this is if you don't want your kids you know, let's say you've got young kids that aren't going to know how to go turn this off or you lock it down for them. But if you don't want them using certain apps when they're outside of your home, right? And so you could actually go turn this off there too. And then they wouldn't be able to use, if the app requires any data, it's not going to work. So really good section. And again, um, Cellular data is, is pretty advanced, but but thankfully everything out of the box, as soon as you power on your phone, everything is set the way, um, you know, in the optimal way that you can get the most use out, your, out of it without without any changes or anything like that. So. But yeah, so that's that's pretty much it on on cellular. Well, let me wrap up uh, this section with just going through the general settings and it's pretty quick, but. Um, they're they're pretty straightforward. So the next one down there is, well, it's not actually. There's a setting a section on notifications and stuff, but we've covered some of that in the past. But if you go down a little ways, go into general, and let me just go through these. So about there's really nothing to do in about, right? The good thing about this is this is where I'll tell you the name of your phone, what iOS version you're running. If you ever need support, you're going to need the model name, model number, serial number, any of those kinds of things. Also, if you've uh, got a new phone or actually any phone will show this, but um, you can tap on coverage and it's going to tell you which of your devices. And if you've got Bluetooth paired devices, it'll tell you whether you're that device. So like my 12 Pro, my coverage has expired. Yep. Three years old, no one year warranty and no Apple Care Plus. But then I can see my watch has Apple Care Plus, my AirPods Pro and AirPods Max have coverage have expired. And my Beats Fit Pro, which I talked about, they have coverage and you can go in and see the details. And I happen to know that my Beats Fit Pro coverage expires in November, which is why I wanted to get it fixed before that coverage expired. Um, the other thing then you can see down there, and this used to be important, but I can see, so I store, we've joked around about me wanting a bigger storage because I stored 90 plus gigabytes of music on here. But when I camp or when I'm traveling or whatever, I don't want to worry about having to download the next song I want to listen to. So I have over 4,000 songs on my device. 
And then it's got how many videos and photos and applications, and then how much of your um, storage you've used. And then the other thing you'll find down below there is your Wi-Fi address, Bluetooth. That kind of stuff is not important. But sometimes if you're working with your carrier because you've got a problem, you're going to need the SIM ID. That's either the EID or the SEID. Those are the kinds of things they would talk to you about. I'm sorry, the IMEI. So there's this whole section on SIM card, and I have an eSIM because I don't have a, you know, a physical SIM in this one. So those are the down there. But you don't need to really worry much about that, except for back up where it says iOS version. That's going to tell you where you're at. And remember, you always kind of want folks on the latest version. Um, with one exception, I'm going to talk about that here next, which is if I go back and under about, the next one is software update. Now, here you can actually set the devices to automatically update to the latest version. And um, if you've ever done beta stuff, you can also turn on the betas. But I've got my automatic updates to download only. I don't want them to install just randomly and for me to wake up the next morning and have a new version. And you would think with when we support clients, like my grandma, for example, that I would want this turned on on her device. But I don't always want that to be the case because I don't necessarily want her to move to iOS 17 until we've had a conversation because it'll be enough of a change. I mean, one of the changes is where the end call button is and that's just gonna throw people off. So I have stuff set to download only. That way it downloads and then I can go ahead and initiate it. And you know, if they don't update to a version of the software, they're gonna get a prompt that says, hey, this has been available. Do you wanna update to it? But when iOS 17 releases in the fall, there's actually going to be two pathways you can go down. You can continue on the iOS 16 because they'll keep releasing security updates and patches for it. Or you can move to the iOS 17 track. And so some people choose to just keep going down the iOS 17. And we'll see how it shows up. But I'm guessing it'll be like last time where it'll say, hey, there's a new version of iOS 16 available. And then down below, it'll also say, or you can upgrade to 17. So, you know, when we get a chance to see that, that's what we'll do. But that's where you go in and check if there's software updates. And if there is a software update, then you go ahead and click on download and install and go through that process. And I'm sure it'll have the picture of the logo, the iOS 17 logo yeah. and, and things like that. I believe that's how they did it. So you can, you'll be able to clearly tell which one you're doing. Yep, for sure. Another one I want to mention is AirDrop. Now, this is the ability to share files or pictures or in iOS 17 contact information back and forth between devices. And so there used to be a setting on here. There's only three now. Receiving off, which means nobody can share anything with you. Contacts only, which means only your contacts can see that you're available for, um, for airdrop, to receive an airdrop, or everyone for 10 minutes. Now, there used to be an everyone setting, period. But they've actually changed this. There it actually came because of some legislation in, in China that said that's not allowed because they don't want to spread stuff too quickly. But there were also some major problems where people would turn that on to everyone and then all of a sudden they were getting inappropriate materials. So I leave mine on contacts only. And then if I have somebody that wants to share something with me through AirDrop, it doesn't happen very often. Then I just go turn it on to everyone for 10 minutes and then I don't have to worry about it because it turns it off after 10 minutes. So this is a feature that I, I use weekly. Um, uh, several times a week, and and I notice, uh, and I think I mentioned it too in a previous episode. I'm surprised with the amount of people that use it regularly. You know, I thought it was just going to be one of those forgotten Apple features, but um, 
yeah the 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 everyone for for 10 minutes or what is it 10 minutes or 15 minutes it's uh it's 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 kind of a drag i i wish as humans we were responsible enough to have nice things and just leave everyone on it just make it more convenient but at least with the tapping feature in the future will that'll that'll kind of eliminate some of the hassle of going in and having to change that every time you need to use it All right, the next section is air, airplay and handoff. Now, I believe this is one of the most underrated features of the Apple ecosystem. So okay. this is what, and I use this probably every day. This allows me to copy something on one device and paste it somewhere else. So if I'm working on my Mac and I have a piece of text that I want to copy, but I want to paste it into a message thread that I've got going on my phone with somebody, I can copy it on my Mac and paste it on my phone. Actually, do it quite a bit with passwords for some reason. So, but it isn't just that. This is about other things. So, if you go into this one, you have the ability to airplay to a TV. So, if you're watching a video on in Safari on the web or something like that, or TikTok, and you want to put it up on the Apple TV, great. That's what that one's for. Transfer to HomePod. I use this. I'll be out uh, doing a bike ride or something, and then I'll walk into my bedroom to shower, and I want to keep listening to the playlist right where I was. I just simply tap my phone close or bring it close you used to have to tap but now i just bring it close to the home pod and it pops up a thing that says transfer to home pod and my music just starts playing on my home pods right where i left off right in the middle of the song perfect okay right? and then and that's something handoff alexa doesn't is, allow <laughs> yeah yeah well you got to be in the ecosystem right so i actually do i use that a ton um and then handoff Turning that on lets you start something on one device and instantly pick it up on another device. So, you know, if I'm doing something on my iPhone, like right now, let's say I can go ahead and go in and launch. Um, I'll launch Notes on my phone. Actually, Notes is... And what happens on my Mac is down in the dock, a Notes icon pops up. And if I were to click on that, it would go to the exact same note I was working on on my phone. All right, so just a really cool feature, and same thing on my iPad. It would show up as, as on my iPad too, and I just tested that, and it works great. So you know, super easy way to start working on something on, in one location, and then transfer it and keep working on it somewhere else. And then for those of you that watch or that subscribe to Leaders Lift, if you do the YouTube channel, you'll notice that. Uh, those videos that I post, I actually use this continuity camera feature. So my iPhone is my webcam. So I record those videos on there, and that's just turn that on and allows you to do it. And when you get your phone close to your Mac, if it's in the vertical position, um, then it asks and can automatically connect, and it'll ask if you want to use it. Like if I have QuickTime open or something like that, it'll say, hey, do you want to use your iPhone 12? And I say yes. So that's what that feature is. I love handoff. I love how these devices play nice together. Um, super important. I like that I can use my iPad as another monitor for my Mac if I need to, and all of that stuff is enabled through this continuity and through handoff. Uh, yeah, picture in picture, really cool picture, pretty straightforward. Yeah, yeah. Picture in picture, turn that on if you want to be able to use picture in picture feature and and apps that support it. Uh, I'm going to skip CarPlay because I want to go down to the iPhone and iPad storage. So. For those of you that don't overbuy on your storage, um, this is where you can go in and see how you're doing storage-wise. And so, um, so for example, right now, mine's calculating the category sizes, but 
I've got a 256 gigabyte iPhone and I've used almost 197 and I can see the little graphic that says how much of that is media, most of it, how much of it is apps, that's the next biggest one, and then photos, iOS, and system data. But the important thing down below there is there's a the recommendations in here of what you could do to free up space if you needed to. So like for mine right now is saying that I could save almost nine gigabytes to offloading unused apps. Now these are apps that I haven't used in a very, very long time. And what it does is it removes the app from your device, but not the documents or the data associated with it. And the icon still stays on your home screen, but then it's got a little cloud error or cloud icon on top of it. And so if, you know, three months from now I wanted to go use that app, I'm gonna go tap on it and it's gonna re-download the app. But it does free up the space, but it keeps your data so you don't lose like game progress or any of those kinds of things. Yes. So that's one that so you can do. So you basically pick up where I don't you turn left it on. off. Right, right. I don't turn it on because I've got enough storage space available. So. Yeah. The next one recommendation for me is reviewing TV downloads. So I've actually got 30 gigabytes worth of um, movies in the Apple TV app that I've downloaded. So that's actually a real easy way to do that. I, In fact, I haven't watched any of these videos in so long. I could probably take that off. Um, but that's another one that you can use there. But then below that, similar to what Jason talked about, where you could see which apps are using how much cellular data, now you've got a list of all of the apps and how much storage space they're taking up on there. So my number one is actually the music app, 97.25 gigabytes total. You can... Wow. If I go into that, I can offload. Yeah, I have it all downloaded, Jason. Um, I can offload the app if I wanted to. I could delete the app, which I would never do. But then what it does is it allows me to actually go in and see. So I've got an edit button, and I could actually delete all songs at once. So I could delete every bit of save music on here if I needed to for whatever reason. But then I can also go in and see albums, artists, you know, I can actually, they list it by artists, but like if I go in the first one, there's two different albums and you can go in and you can delete any of those. So, you know, this would be a real easy way for me to go in and clean up my music, but um, I'm never going to do that because I want it all there. And it's one of the big things about when I get a new um, device is I go in, but I go in and download, the way I get the music on there is I download whole playlists. So I've, done a pretty good job yes. of curating my playlist so i would just go in and download those playlists and maybe a few recent albums that i hadn't incorporated into playlists yet so well that iphone storage is a big deal for a lot of folks because if you ever get to the point where you're trying to you're taking a video of somebody and it says sorry out of storage you can't take any more video you don't want to get to that point if you're in the middle of a birthday party or something so this is a good yeah. way to keep your eye on your storage <laughs> and clean up anything you don't need um, the other one I wanted to talk about, and then I'm just going to do a quick fire list, but this is background app refresh. So basically what this does, um, and this may be more important for those that are on a, uh, maybe an older phone that's starting to slow down or on those that have um, limited cellular data connections, but this is basically allowing the app, if you've opened the app and haven't hard closed it, right, it's sitting in the background, but this is going to allow it to keep up to date. So think about things like weather app or something like that, right? where um, you want it to refresh in the background so that when you go into the weather app, it's not taking 45 seconds to tell you that it's going to rain in 10 seconds. So mm -hmm. that's what you want to do. But you can go in and you can turn that on and off for any devices that 
or any apps that you don't want upgrading in the back or updating in the background. The other items in here, date and time, you can set 24 hour time. You can set the time zone or you can let it set automatically. I like to let it set automatically, especially when I was traveling, that was important. Uh, keyboard, you can actually go in and add keyboards. So I actually have three keyboards added. I have English, of course, but then I have the mm -hmm. Portuguese keyboard and I have the emoji keyboard all added on here. Oh yeah. And the great, the great thing is, is Apple actually does a really good job of switching between English and Portuguese. So it recognizes for the most part, if the words aren't too similar when I'm typing a Portuguese word or when I'm typing an English word, which isn't as important for things like messages, but like I do study Portuguese in Duolingo. And so I do want the Portuguese keyboard when I'm trying to type in what the sentence is supposed to be. So that's super easy. You can go in and you just, if you don't have those keyboards, you can go ahead and hit add new keyboard. Then you put them in the order that you want so that when you're in the keyboard, you tap on the little icon down at the bottom left that's a, um, it's a globe icon and it'll actually switch between okay. your, the keyboards that you have available. Now it doesn't really switch between the emoji keyboard anymore because you can just hit the emoji button, but it does just toggle between English and Portuguese. So pretty easy. Now, pro tip, if you are going to switch between languages, you want to make sure that you're back to English before you go into certain other apps because every once in a while in my watch, it thinks I'm trying to dictate in Portuguese when I'm not. So make sure you go back to okay. English um, as your default. But The other thing you can do is you can do text replacement. And um, so if you've got things you type a lot, you can actually shut shortcuts. I'm not going to go into that today. Um, and then... For all keyboards, you can say, do I want it to auto-capitalize? Do I want to auto-correct? Auto-correct is supposed to be getting much, much, much better in uh, iOS 17. Enabling caps lock, predictive, you know, all of those types of things. I have everything turned on just the way they were to start with, including the double space inserts a period. Because I know the kids nowadays, they don't use a lot of punctuation, but I still like to use punctuation. At so all. I like the fact that double space... <laughs> puts yeah puts that right in, so i'm constantly complaining about that like oh wow what, since when do people just stop using punctuation you know yep and then dictation enable dictation and auto punctuation i have both those turned on and i'm sure you use them a ton um because that's what you use for to talk and have it transcribed into text and it does a pretty good job of putting the punctuation in the right places or you're also able to say things like exclamation point and it'll put it in, but yeah. So those yeah. are even good text input methods. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, even with my country accent, it's still, it still works pretty good. So <laughs> yeah, I like it. Language and region. You can go in and you can set it up. You know, what region are you in? What calendar do you want? What temperature and measurement system? Um, what first day of the week? Do you want that to be Sunday or Monday, depending on where you're at? Date format, which, you know, if you're in the U.S., we don't think that's a big deal, but everybody else does the date the other way. So, um, you know, and then number formats, which is how many decimal points and how you want to set it up. And, and then live text is actually in there. I don't know why it's in there, but this is the ability for, like, in a photo, if you take a picture of a sign, that you can go extract the text out of it. Um, so for whatever, it's got to be turned on in the language and region section. So down at the very bottom there, kind of strange. Okay. I never knew that was in there. And then I guess I just never went yeah. through it. Yeah. I mean, it's on by default. 
And so I don't know why you would turn it off, but the last thing that's in this general section is just the ability to shut down your iPhone so you can go in there and turn it off. And then if you were going to sell or um, get a new phone, there's transfer or reset iPhone. And you want to make sure that um, you can go through this and it'll help you transfer everything over to a new phone. But the most important thing is if you're going to sell this phone, you want to go through the erase all content and settings, which is at the bottom of this. Don't hit the button right now. But if you're going to get rid of it, you want to go through that because that's going to take it out of the Find My. It's going to remove your iCloud ID and it's going to erase the phone. You've got to do that. Um, um, that's the most important thing you can do if you're going to hand this phone off to anyone else, including if you were just going to hand it down to a kid, right? You want to do that reset and then set it up the way you want it for them. So I'm just, I'm super particular about anybody taking my phone or my devices and just being able to use them willy nilly because they're set up just the way I want them. And my life is in yep. it. So, <laughs> right. Well, I think that'll do it for today, Jason. Anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up and then head into the post show? No, no, that was that was pretty much it. I know, um, you know, these episodes we kind of we kind of go through things quickly, but um, still a lot of a lot of good information. It's a lot of it's a good starting point. So if you guys want to share this episode, it's a good one to start. You know, uh, to, to let someone know what we what we're about, what we're trying to do here. So. You know, share this episode out and say, hey, these guys are starting from the, from the basics, from scratch, you know, and and uh, then just uh, recommend some other episodes where we talk about some more advanced things. But, yeah, settings are, are it's a good starting point for most people. Well, I think if we we may decide we need a second parter, right, to go through some of the other settings. But if you want to learn more about so for the post show today. It'll be a deeper dive into the Wi-Fi settings. Jason's going to take us through that. And then if there's time, I'll talk a little bit about what it's been like recording and dealing with Wi-Fi and trying to work a little bit while I've been up here at this campground. So um, just a reminder that the bonus episode will drop tomorrow. That's on how I get more out of life through camping, why I camp. And we love your feedback on that, as well as your feedback on this episode. And, you know, iOS 17 is coming up and Apple's hardware event will be coming up. So. If you've got topics that you want to cover, don't forget to use the feedback link and send us those so that we can make sure we tailor the content to that which will help you and your clients. So, you know, Jason, you mentioned your country accent, so maybe your cool podcast closing should be a country closing this time. Yeah, guys, thank you all for listening. We'll see you in the post show. Cool podcast closing. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. <laughs>there's it's still limited right we're still talking about a mobile device an iphone so there's some limited but some some pretty advanced settings that you can access uh with wi-fi and bluetooth but um so talking about the wi-fi section 
if you look at a network that you're connected to or one of your available networks that are or, or my networks that are on the list, you'll see that at the end of that that network name, you'll see a, a little blue eye, right? It's an eye with a circle around it. And that's the uh, like the more options. So tap on that eye. And it brings you to the uh, the advanced settings for that for that particular uh, network that you're connected to. Right. And of course, right at the very top, you'll see forget this network. And tapping that pretty much forgets the network, right? Some of these names, they name them, the names are pretty straightforward, right? If you never want to connect to this network again, you don't need it. You change the, uh, uh, the network ID or something like that. Just hit forget network and it deletes the network from your available options, right? So the next section is going to be auto join. So tapping on auto join determines not how it functions with all networks, but this particular network. So let's say, I have this problem with certain parts of my house, right? Where I've auto joined to my neighbor's network before. So if I'm in that section of the house, it won't connect to my Wi-Fi network. It connects to the neighbors. So even though I don't want to forget the network, I want to be able to connect to the network when I'm there. Keep in mind, that's one of my neighbors, one of my clients too. I'm always doing work at his house too for some of his devices. So don't want to forget the network, but I don't want my device to automatically connect to his network all the time whenever I'm you know, on that side of the house facing him. So I just switch off auto join. And what it does is just doesn't automatically join the network whenever I'm outside or, or on that part of my house. So low data mode. So if now, you want to join, if you want to, if you want to join that network, right, then you have to come back into Wi-Fi settings and actually tap on it to join it. Yes. Yes. It's still always available for me. Um, I, I just have to manually go in and, and uh, tap on it to, to join. And it, and, it's, and it works out better with that network, being it, it's not my personal network, but I need access to from time to time. So still available. So low data mode is that next section that I have on, on my device. And what this does is it, it helps reduce the amount of traffic that your device needs. Now, most people won't even know why this is, why this is important. But let's say you're on a, on a network with limited bandwidth. Uh, let's say you're at, you know, a friend or family member's house. They have a, a, a smaller, you know, generic router or the router provided from their, from their um, ISP. It's not a powerful router. They have a bunch of devices. They're on their streaming or whatever. And your device is just bogging down the network or something like that. You can always turn on low data mode. And what that does is it, it moves. Um, certain background tasks like doing uh photo syncing with with your um with uh iPhoto or um syncing your your messages any iCloud backups any any uh big backups or something like that transferring big files or whatever um it kind of uh saves that 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 sort of uh heavy lifting and just you know makes room for the lighter things like music streaming or just sending emails and things like that so this is always an option for just low bandwidth networks and things like that. So it's not necessarily a, a, a data saving thing like you would on a cellular network, how you I'm trying to stay under my 15 gig limit, but just as just mostly like a traffic, a bandwidth kind of, kind of, uh, kind of mode to help you, to help you eliminate some of that heavy traffic on the network. Just a pro tip here. So, this is on by default with your personal hotspot. So if you've got a personal hotspot, and you're using it for multiple devices or for work, you may want to go check that. I had to turn it off because I was going into apps when I was trying to work 
connected to my phone and stuff was taking forever to update. And I was like, no. <laughs> so I had to turn that off, yeah. <laughs> right? So it's on by default for personal hotspots. So this is one that you may want to go turn off on those. Yeah. So and especially if you're on a network that doesn't have any issues, you 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 have great bandwidth. You're on a, you know you're on a powerful router. Uh, you're on your uh, your gig speed internet service at home. This is not something that you would, you're gonna need. This is only for when you're out on on certain networks and and things like that. So so private Wi-Fi address and limit IP uh, limit IP address tracking. I'm not gonna go into too much details, but I will let you know to distinguish just between um what it's actually doing and a vpn right this is not a vpn this is not giving you a a, a private network address or or a private ip address that's that's basically um hiding your your location and your your ip address from from someone this is still an added layer of security but it's not a vpn so private wi-fi address it it what is basically doing is hiding you from certain website trackers and and app trackers that that kind of skims like generic information from you right your location they want to see if you're connected to a a a router in Houston or in in uh, Michigan or in New York or something like that just to kind of get a general um a, a general idea of where you are on the map you know not your specific home address or anything like that but just you know to give you ads from a, a a pizza local pizza place or something like that you know what i mean so it it's it, it's not completely hiding your 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 location but it does limit that ad tracking and stuff like that so um the so, other good so thing about this, private wi-fi ad, oh. the other good thing about mm-hmm. private wi-fi addresses is so like i've got an eero and so it recognizes that it's a private device and so what it doesn't do is it doesn't broadcast the name of my device to everybody else on the network i have to actually go into the euro and name these devices that come on it's kind of a pain from an administrator standpoint but if you're on a network with a whole bunch of people and you don't want them to see jason's iphone and know exactly which device is yours then turning on private wi-fi address is a good way to do that yes yes and and keep in mind like i said earlier when you're out at the store or you're at a a birthday party or or a stranger's house or something like that and you connect to these networks you're giving them a certain amount of information that you may not want them to know like greg said your device name um uh, different things like that and if the person is actually up to some no good activities they actually can have access to a lot more stuff that you don't want them to so just be careful when you're connecting to wi-fi networks and Private IP addressing and limited IP uh, address tracking. That's just an added layer of security that uh, that'll help you be private, but it's not. It, it's no substitute for a VPN. So just. Uh, just I think these are both on by default, and they probably should stay there yes. for most people. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe so too. So your uh, IPv4 configuration. So this is your the. IP address and and how your 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 phone handles the, your you know your um uh connecting to the network. So you can configure it. It's set to default, it's set to automatically by default, right? You connect to a network, the the router gives you an IP address, subnet mask, the uh the router address and all of that. It gives you all of that automatically. And that's the way that most people want it, 
right? If you don't understand any of these terms I'm saying, DNS, uh, subnet mask, IP address, don't bother with it. <laughs> if you don't understand no what I'm touchy. saying, you shouldn't no even touch touchy. it. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't touch it. But if you do understand, uh, then yes, you can actually go in and set a static IP address. Like there's certain devices on my network that have uh, a certain uh, static IP address, meaning that uh, the router doesn't give it a new address every time it goes to connect. It's always at that address, so I can always find it whenever I need it. But things like iPhones, light switches, uh, my ceiling fan in the living room, they don't need a set IP address on the network. Uh, my phone doesn't either. But let's say I did want it to have a certain IP address every time. You can go in here and configure that to manual and actually set in this information. So you would have to set the IP address, subnet mask, things like that. Uh, configure the DNS and and uh, and things, but again, for the average person, you won't need that. But it is available if you uh, if if you wanted to, you know, configure certain things like that. And the same, configuring a DNS and a proxy server. If you don't understand what I'm saying with that, you probably shouldn't go in and 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 mess with anything. If you put in any number wrong, one of these uh, digits wrong, you won't be able to use the internet <laughs> on your phone. So, yeah, just leave it. Um, if, if you're advanced enough to know uh, what these are, again, on your phone, I don't see why you would need to uh, configure a proxy anymore. That was the time. Now, <laughs> I'll tell yep. this story really yep. briefly. I know Greg wants to get, to get to this, but there was a time when, you know, uh, Greg was my manager. And, you know, management employees, you know, we always it was always a cat and mouse game. So we would actually go in and configure proxy servers on our computer to be able to get to websites that we wouldn't normally get to when they were blocked. So. <laughs> so if you're in a position where you have to do that on your phone, then, you know, look into that. Blah, but. blah, 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 blah. I don't I don't hear yeah. anything. Greg, Greg didn't hear that. Greg didn't hear that. We didn't spend all evening. Uh, configuring these for our coworkers' computers, so we can, so we can look at YouTube and stuff like that on the clock at work. But <laughs> fun times, fun times. But that's all I had, Greg, for for Wi-Fi. You know, it's it's uh, again, it's pretty limited, but it's it's pretty advanced for the for the average user to be able to go in and change some of this information, and it's useful for some. Again, by default, it's all set to work perfectly uh, without any uh, configuration, but. If you did want to change anything, if for whatever reason you did need a static IP address or needed to set up a proxy or needed to toggle those uh, those private Wi-Fi addresses and things like that, this is where you would find it in the more information section uh, on the Wi-Fi network. So, but yeah, yeah, Greg. Uh, so you know, quick, just a few quick comments on recording podcasts from the campground so i recorded the bonus episode i'll be curious to see how folks think that went how the audio sounded it was really weird that all of a sudden it seemed like my microphone was picking up better than it did at home <laughs> really um so I, I don't know why so i had to do a little more editing but today it doesn't seem like it's doing that so it's got to be something that i just don't understand about how to configure the mic and you know some of those kinds of things but um yeah my mic's turned on and it was turned on yesterday too but anyway so excuse me i'm sitting outside at a camp table if you watch that episode you'll see the the trees and stuff behind me because i was out at a time when the sun wasn't blaring in my face 
Right now I'm sitting the opposite direction, but I've got a pretty good setup. I've got that Dragon Touch 4K monitor here with my uh, on one of those portable stands. I've got a couple of these portable stands. Um, can't remember what this one's called, and it doesn't have the name right on it, but I've got one for my monitor. I've got one that's holding my phone right now. I've got my laptop up on a little kind of lap stand thing that puts it about three inches off the ground, and then you can angle it and stuff like that. And my mic in the portable stand, not the arm. So I think it goes pretty well. I still, you know, we just depend on so much for the internet nowadays that even though I had my hotspot up here, I was trying to save it for today because I knew I would need it for our recording and stuff like that. And it's only got a 15 gig limit on it, which I'm sure I'm going to hit right up against the edge, just using it for one or two days. So I'm going to have to next season, because this is wrapping up the season here for us, we won't be doing a whole lot of this um, for the rest of the year, the way things are going. But I think I'm going to have to get that T-Mobile or go with Starlink or actually was watching a YouTube video on another one called Calyx which I guess is another one that they've used. And so I'm going to have to find a more permanent solution, and I'm probably going to have to put a little uh, repeater antenna on the trailer because, like, right now the hotspot is sitting in the window on the other side of the trailer, so I'm going through, like, two or three walls trying to get a good Wi-Fi signal, and but that's where the cell signal is the best. And So I think Internet is still probably the the biggest challenge. And while I would love to have a, you know, because I probably use... My guess is I use a terabyte of data a month when it comes to my office and stuff, um, just considering the video and all that kind of stuff. But like I went to upload the YouTube version of the bonus episode to the Leaders Lift YouTube channel, and I saw how big it was, and I thought, okay, no way. <clears throat> I'll do that tonight when I get home on my gig, uh, on the gig line. So I think Internet is still probably the... The biggest challenge and I know folks have had good luck with Starlink and with the T-Mobile so more to come on that but I think I've got all the other gear really that I need I'll have to start thinking about shading and stuff like that if I'm really going to do a bunch of video recording outside but other than that it's been pretty good yeah I mean the audio sounds great I mean you know I heard some some um some like rustling and stuff earlier but no it's it's blocking out the background noise pretty good I don't I don't I mean, you sound fine from from my end. Yeah, that's the one thing. Like I, you know, I mentioned, and I'll probably leave it in when that because I didn't write down the timestamp. But when that hummingbird was like six inches from my face, that's kind of a freak out moment because you don't expect <laughs> yeah. it. But you know, I don't know. I think I recorded gadgets for families on a Friday, and that was okay, or a Saturday. But I recorded at a time when there weren't a lot of people around. But this campground was completely full over the weekend, so. But I think I've got the microphone tuned in to not pick up a bunch of that noise. So you know, it gives me hope that I can do more recording, not in my office. And uh, But we'll see. I'll see what you think when you watch the episode. Um, yeah. Watch the episode tomorrow or when you listen to it in one of the feeds. And maybe the next thing for me to try is recording out on my back porch. The only problem is I've got I-15 right behind yeah. it. Yeah, and those trucks so come, come barreling down see. the highway. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to see how much of that it picked up. But I might give that a test because the one thing I've tried to do while I was up here, and this ties into that camping episode, is I spent as little time as possible inside the trailer. 
um, which sounds funny because I bought a trailer so I could spend time inside of it. But then I've this last <laughs> week I've tried to spend as little time as possible because I just wanted to be outdoors. We did I did eleven. You probably saw a bunch of this, but you probably your watch probably kept going off and off and off. It did. But it did had, a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, I not had that I was annoyed, but 11, yeah, you were pretty busy. Eleven recorded workouts last week, and that doesn't count the because we would just try and get up and walk the one circle right here mm -hmm. about every hour or every two hours, just so we weren't you know just sitting in the chair or a hammock all day long. Yeah, and that wouldn't prompt to record so. And well, later yeah. than usual it, too. So. I've gotten some notifications later. I'm like, wow, Greg is Greg is up getting in those those burning those calories this late. Like uh, I'm not used well, to that. So. Well, I'd get up early and ride because it was getting really warm. But then we would decide later on in the evening, you know, that three, four, five o'clock time frame to either grab the e-bikes and go for a ride or go for a walk together. And um, so yeah, I mean. What this does is it tells me that at least with the work that I do, um, even podcast recording, I can get it all done in a setup like this, which wouldn't have been possible, you know, five, ten years ago, at least not with, with decent quality. So we'll see. I'm going to record the trailer when we get done here, and I think I'm going to record it just standing up. I've got my selfie stick, so I think I'll just hold the phone out on the selfie stick and record it this time. Um, facing the trees and stuff so that we get some of that in so we'll see how that goes but yeah i'll be curious for your feedback and for anybody still listening also be curious to know you know what did you think of the bonus episode content wise but also from a from a quality standpoint both video and audio versions whichever one you listen to so all right well i think that's it thanks for sticking with us and uh we'll sign off and go from there yeah, guys. We'll see you next week.